Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Galatians 5, 16 through 25 in the New Living Translation. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Do you feel it? (laughs) So you are not free to carry out your good intentions, but when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Did I say it in the way I memorized it? Oh, gentleness. Did I miss gentleness? Sorry. I have a love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Yes. Ooh, I got that. Self-control. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Oh, come on. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Once you stay standing, we're going to pray. And uh, man, we've had a powerful weekend here in this room already. And I just know that the residual effects of what the Holy Spirit has been doing in this room is going to impact you here today. I believe that with all of my heart. And so I'm so glad that you're here. And uh, Patty, I just wish you'd be more excited sometimes. Would you join me in prayer right now? Lord, we love you so much. And I'm praying for all my friends here, Lord, that they would be men and women of the Spirit. God, so many of us, we've already committed to following you. We've said yes to you, Jesus. Your Spirit lives in us. We want to be people of the Spirit. We want your Spirit to fill us and to lead us. Lord, I pray that we would grow in that more and more and more. Lord, I pray for my friends that are here, that are maybe listening online, that maybe aren't in relationship with you. They're considering this. They're still thinking about this. This is new to them. Lord, would you just reveal yourself to them? Show them how much you love them, that reckless love that we just sang about. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? You know, 2020 has been a little bit of a different year. And one of the things that I'm really bummed about this year is the fact that we didn't get to experience the Olympics. I love 
the Olympics. Anybody with me on that? Okay, this is the one. Okay, thank you. That's, this is the, like, I shouldn't say the one time. It's March Madness is another time where I sit in front of the television. And then when the Olympics happens, I unashamedly will watch way too much television. I love the Olympics. It is glorious for three weeks. I just am locked onto that television screen. I just enjoy it. It's very fun, the competition, all the, just the world gathering, and there's so much you learn, and it's just kind of a cool, cool thing. And I, last several Olympics, I have been fascinated with this guy named Usain Bolt. Love this guy, the fastest man, at least he was, the fastest man on planet Earth. Like, he was so fast, he was winning races and looking at the people behind him, if you remember that. He would, before he even crossed the finish line, he's like, and there's a picture of him just smiling. He's like... And he wins the race still. Okay? And runners don't do that. They got to be focused, okay? And so he was so good and so fast, he could do that. And I just, I just admired him. I thought it'd be so cool to be Usain Bolt. I wish I could run like that. Man, if I won, if my last name was Bolt and I won every race like him, I'd, I'd do that thing too right there. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd totally be doing that. And it'd be super cool if like he could infuse his strength and his power and his speed into me, man, I would live it up. That would be awesome. But we know that's not possible, right? Not possible, except God can do that. And that's the amazing thing about you and I being followers of Jesus is that when we say yes to Jesus, the spirit of Christ comes and lives inside of us. Now you and I can live and walk in the power and the strength of God. And it's important that we do not forget that. And so today we're talking about this. As a follower of Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit, but am I letting the Holy Spirit lead me? This is a theme in this series that we're in right now. I want to encourage us as the people of God to let the Spirit lead us in our life. I have the Holy Spirit, but am I letting him lead me? So let me just do a quick little recap Two weeks ago was week number one of this Life in the River series. We talked about who is the Holy Spirit, his role, and talked about the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is one, yet three distinct persons. Last week we talked about how do I live by the Spirit and what's the evidence of that taking place in my life. Great message, highly practical. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. But the evidence that you and I are living by the Spirit is that the fruit of the Spirit is coming out of our life. We just read the fruit of the Spirit there in Galatians 5. That's how you and I know if I'm living by the Spirit, if I'm allowing the Spirit to lead me in my life, the fruit is more and more and more coming out of my life. Now, the truth is, every single one of us has fruit coming out of our life. Everybody. Fruit comes out of who we are, how we live. Fruit, they say, happens, just happens. Everybody has fruits. The question is, what kind of fruit are you producing out of your life? And the goal is that it's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things, that those are naturally coming out of our life. And you need to understand that the fruit of the Spirit is not a set of goals for us to achieve or attain. I'm not after, like, I hope that I can achieve kindness today. No, no, no. It is a natural byproduct of living a Spirit-led life. And so I'm not trying to... to, to to attain this and achieve this. No, I'm just, I'm just gonna follow the leading of the Spirit working in my life. I'm gonna walk in alignment with Him as we talked about last week in submission to Him. Let Him fill me, lead me, and this, the fruit will naturally be a byproduct that comes out of my life as I continue to grow in this more and more and more. So I wanna encourage you today again to live the Spirit-led life. 
the spirit-led life. And be open for God to speak to you in moments as you just go throughout your days. I believe God wants to speak to you. He wants to prompt you. He wants to, even in moments, challenge you to step out and do something bold and courageous. It may not happen all the time. It may not happen every day, but there's gonna be days. Even this week, you may sense the prompting of the Spirit asking you, calling you to step out, out of your comfort zone, and maybe talk to somebody, encourage somebody, call somebody. And it's important that you and I are aware of the Spirit working in our life and speaking to us. We're learning to recognize His voice, which again, we talked about last week, but I wanna continue on this, this whole theme of letting the Spirit lead us. We're gonna go to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Just gonna look at two verses here in Romans chapter eight. It says this in verse five of Romans eight. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's the goal. We want to have our minds set on the Spirit. Okay, then you jump all the way to verse 14. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now, that word sons there can actually mean daughters too, okay? It's just children of God, okay? So sons and daughters of God. But the Greek word there is huios, and it actually refers to and means mature sons and daughters. And so not every Christian is letting the Spirit lead them in their life, but the mature sons and daughters are being led by the Spirit. Too many of us, and we all can go there, Allow the emotions to lead us, our soul, even our body to lead us. We want the spirit to lead us in our life. And that requires us to grow in, in maturity. So that's what God is saying here. It's the mature sons and daughters that are led by the spirit. And maturity is God's desire for you. God wants you to grow in maturity. You and I are growing older every single day. You're getting older. Some of us, our hairs are getting grayer. Our hairs are getting less. Uh, you know, your body is changing and transforming. Like our body is constantly transforming and changing for the rest of our life. Depending upon your age, you could be getting stronger and, 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 and healthier, or you may be feeling like you're declining. Like this old tent is going downhill, and, uh, and that's okay. You know, we just roll with the seasons, and God is good no matter what. My son just looked at me right before the service, and he walked up to me. He's like, he's looking down at me, and I'm like, dude, you, you, stop growing. Like he's one of those guys that continues just to grow and grow and grow. Friday was Amy's birthday. So Amy now is officially in the decade of her 40s. And we've been having fun celebrating that. But so she's older now, right? So she's older. I didn't say old. She's old now. Over the hill. It's downhill from here, babe. It was a fun ride while it lasted, right? 40 is the new 30. Yep. The point is this. You're a year older than you were a year ago. And we all are, okay? So this isn't like a knock on anybody how old you are. You're, just, you're a year older now than you were a year ago. But the question is this. Are you more mature? Have you grown? Because growth and maturity are not automatic. Getting older is automatic. But growth and maturity are not automatic. It takes intentionality. And it takes you and I really leaning into the Spirit of God and allowing Him to work in our life so we can grow in this thing called maturity. 
God wants to do that. So how do I know if I'm growing in maturity? And I would say the evidence is the same thing as the fruit of the spirit coming out of your life. That's maturity. That's what I would even say. That's emotional health is when you and I have the fruit of the spirit coming out of our life. And there's a lot of things that can hinder us from being mature, growing in maturity. Now we can be growing in maturity in some areas, but now not in other areas. There's a lot of issues. Those of us that have been a part of the Freedom Course, we've addressed a lot of things and attacked them and broken those over our life. But one of those things that I've noticed that is a big deal this year is people are so easily offended. It's like the year of offense. Like, man, people just get offended by this and that. And I just want to encourage you to make a decision to live an unoffended life. Living an unoffended life will just help you enjoy life so much more. And offense just develops these bitter roots in our life that just cause us to be mad and bitter at other people and the world, at God, and even ourselves. It's just not worth it. Even if people disagree with you, you don't have to be offended by them. And I mentioned that. That's just one of the many things we could talk about. But I just love this quote by a guy named John Bevere. I really like this guy. I really admire him a lot. He's an author and he's a preacher. And he says this. He says, offended people may still experience miracles. Words of utterance, strong preaching, and healing in their lives. But these are gifts of the Spirit, not fruits. We will be judged according to our fruit, not gifting. A gift is given, fruit is cultivated. Fruit is cultivated. You and I can experience the power of God. We can see miracles, experience miracles, see healings, and that's awesome. That happens by the grace of God. That's his grace. It happens... (laughs) regardless of who we are, right? And even our performance and how we're living life, thankfully, but God doesn't want us to stay where we're at. He wants us to grow in maturity. He wants us to cultivate growth in our life. Fruit is cultivated. So it takes intentionality and effort for you and I to grow. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in our life. And again, Freedom Course, you're gonna hear a story in just a moment here from someone who was a part of the Freedom Course and Freedom Conference this weekend. But those of you that went through the study, you were intentional at going through this workbook, hitting scripture, just working, praying through things in your life, and then it all culminated this weekend. And because of that, God did a new work in your life. And there's people that are stepping into a new level of maturity because of it, and we celebrate that in in your life. And just want to celebrate one person. I'm going to invite you guys to come on up here. You're going to hear one story right here from this weekend's Freedom Conference. Why, thank you. So I have the great pleasure of introducing Lisa. Yeah, we'll come on over here. So Miss Lisa, you, if you've been greeted by her or by Doug at the front door, you know that they are awesome. So I'll let you go ahead and share. What did God do this weekend for you? Oh my gosh. Um, so it was amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. And um, to anybody, no matter where you're at in your walk with Christ, I would so suggest attending the next time we do do this. <laughs> so um, we started off Friday night. Very good. And we came back Saturday morning, and I'm trekking along, and I kept running up to this one because we had those little prayer sessions. And um, just to give you a little pretext, I have, I'm in recovery, and so I have almost six months. Yeah, girl. We're very proud of her. Yes. And I do celebrate recovery with Rachel as well. 
So I think I'm trucking well. I go, okay, I'm gonna go to this conference. I'm gonna get a little, I'm gonna get even more, solidify some stuff. And that was occurring. I'd run to Rachel. I go, she's like, yeah, we're getting there. The Pastor Amy comes up and she delivered this one, session three, fear. And mind you, I just did all my steps in my big book and I did fear, so I thought. And I was moved on. Well, she came up and she started saying things like the spirit of fear, inadequacy, uncertainty, unknown, fear of failure, rejection, missing out, and a few others. And the big one was losing control. I had that circled, highlighted. And Girl, now I'm you starting, and me both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm starting to like get, well, what? Now I've got, I'm getting the fear. I need to do my steps right. I'm not doing this right, you know? And this fear's coming up. And I'm like, I'm, in the background, I'm thinking, because what it's been said in the conference, something about the fear, and that he's working in the background. Even though you have this going on, you appear like you've got this, and you're happy, you're a good Christian, you're, you've, got, you've got all your ducks in a row, blah, blah. But there's that in the background. So I was like, this little chemist is going back there. And he's like adding all these things. And then she yeah. started saying, and what, what are you afraid of losing? Mm-hmm. And it was position yeah. and resources. Yeah. Resources, huge. Yeah. Reputation, relationship. And now I'm a mess. And I had to sit there and just think about it for a little bit. And thankfully, it was prayer time. And we had this little red line, the blood of Christ. Yeah. And I remember I was staying there, and I asked, she had to break out her little, little, uh, what was it, your little fishing line thing? Yeah. Pretend to inventory. Lisa and I, was, and I she pulled was it, and I was like, I had, and she goes, all right, what are we going to pray about specifically? Yeah. And, I, and I was just almost burst into tears. I was like, everything. It's, <laughs> it's freaking everything. I mean, I, gosh, I don't, I mean, sorry, but I go, I don't know. She, so she, quietly, she asked me, she was like, well, she goes, me too. She goes, and comforted me. And she goes, have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And it kind of befuddled me a little bit. Well, of course, you know. (laughs) And then I, but I was quickly to learn that I had not um, truly been baptized. And so I don't know if you want to share what. No, yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, you're doing awesome. Well, so she she asked Amy to come up and they prayed over me. And it was amazing. And more the words than God I can ever say. We are truly so proud of what she did this weekend. I mean, just the faithfulness of coming here. I mean, we, we truly know that you're doing the right things. You know, you're in recovery. You're doing all these things, right? But we're like, you still were missing out without the full gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? You wanted that full baptism, right? And so it was incredible to see what God did in you. Just the freedom. You were talking about peace. Yeah. You want to tell a little bit about that? Well, in the Bible, it says there are no words. In, oh, in the Bible, it says there are no words. And I don't. All I know is that when Amy and her were praying over me, the, the words, it was just amazing peace. And I just felt, they, we talked about, you know, emptying the vessel all weekend long, you know, and it had to be filled up with something. And I got filled, very filled. So yes, praise God. We're, truly, guys, we're so proud of this one. And I think the important thing, too, is it's, yes, it was important that you were at the conference, right? But it's the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit that really made the difference, yes, right? It absolutely. was, we can teach and hear all the amazing things and do all the right steps, right? But we really need the Holy Spirit. And yeah. so I think. A willing spirit. A willing yes, spirit. exactly. Yeah. Praise God. All right, give her another hand. Thank you, Lisa, Pastor Rachel. Appreciate that. It's just fun to hear stories, right? 
And there's a lot more stories that we'll probably even share some of those in the coming weeks. But God did some really cool things in so many people's lives this weekend. And he wants to do that in all of our lives. We're all in process, all of us. God wants to take you on this journey of doing a work in you, not just through you, but in you, the spirit at work in you so that you and I can grow in maturity. So as sons and daughters of God, remember, we have the Holy Spirit, which is one of the great mysteries, again, about Christianity, right? That's the, th- the amazing thing about this religion, if you want to call it that. We, it's really relationship. It's, that, it's, it's a worldview. If you put up against other worldviews and other religions, no other religion would say, hey, the God you serve and believe and worship will actually come and live inside of you as you do that. That's the amazing thing about Christianity. But we don't want to just settle for, okay, I know even Jesus, I know I have the Spirit, but I, we want to grow. We want the Spirit, allow the Spirit to be active in our life and grow in maturity. So let me just, just throw out a bunch of things as we talk about letting the Spirit lead us. Remember, mature sons and daughters are ones who are letting the Spirit lead them in their life. How does the Spirit lead us? I'm just going to rapid fire just some cool things because the Spirit leads us by promptings in our life. And so let me just list out a bunch of benefits and even things that can happen if we don't listen to the, these promptings. These Holy Spirit promptings, number one, they help us follow and accomplish God's purposes and overcome the sinful nature. These promptings are always in agreement with God's written word. They are always present to give divine direction in life. They are opposed to sinful desires. They're concerned with guilt, the guilt of sin, Christ's standard of right and wrong, and God's judgment against evil. God wants to get that stuff out of us. It's not good. But he wants to, to clean us of that. Uh, Number six, they encourage believers to remain devoted to Christ and warn them not to fall away from personal faith in him. But they become weaker the longer they are resisted and disobeyed. They result in spiritual death when rejected and they result in spiritual life and peace when obeyed. These promptings, God wants to speak to you by his spirit and these promptings in your life. Okay, so here's how he does that. So the spirit will prompt you as you read his word here. He will speak to you. He will prompt you. He, through prayer, just communicating, talking with God, the Spirit will prompt you. Through listening to godly preaching and teaching, through exercising the gifts of the Spirit. You have gifts of the Spirit. By also, number five, listening to the advice of spiritual leadership and through dreams and visions. The Spirit will prompt you in all of those things. I could even add that angels can come and show up and speak to you on behalf of God. We read that in scripture all the time. Actually, we'll read it in just a few moments here too. So we want to be people who are willing and available to listen and respond to these promptings of the spirit in our life. And that's my encouragement to you today. And my friends, the more and more we do that, the more exciting this life with Jesus is. Some people would say, Christianity is boring. I would say, can I say this in love? No, it's not. You're boring. If Christianity is boring, you're boring. Because God's not boring. Like as, as you allow him to work in your life and he speaks to you, you're going to experience exciting, amazing moments in your life that's just going to leave, lead you going, wow, God. Wow. Like, I can't even believe that you, you laid that on my heart. And then I went and I just prayed with somebody or I just spoke with somebody. And you just, there was a breakthrough in their life. I can't even, this is amazing, God, that you would do that and that you would use little old me. Wow moments, and life is an adventure as you and I just learn to listen to these promptings in our life and allow God to use us. So the Spirit wants to move and work in your life. He wants to do two things. One wants to work in you, but also through you. 
I've, I've mentioned that, but I just want to be clear on that. He wants to work in us and through us. So the Holy Spirit is doing two things simultaneously in our life. Number one, he's drawing us closer to him. And number two, he's sending us out into the world as witnesses of Jesus. It's a simultaneous twofold thing that the Holy Spirit does in our life, drawing us closer to him, sending us out. Closer to him, sending us out into the world as a witness of Jesus. Acts 1.8, Jesus is standing before his disciples before he ascends into heaven. He says, hey, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. He will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses when the Spirit comes upon you, Acts 1.8, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is going to come on you so that you can be a witness of me. and Testify to who I am and how real I am. So, that's the goal. But how do we live this way? And we talked about this last week, but it really comes down to this. It's just you and I being continually filled and led by the Spirit every day. Filled and then led by the Spirit, allowing him to lead me. Filled, this is what Jesus did. Luke 4, verse 1, we read it last week. Jesus was filled and led by the Spirit. And when you read through the whole book of Acts, it's, it's a pretty awesome book. I just love Acts. And you can just see moments where the Spirit is moving and speaking to people. They're responding to him. And the book of Acts is all about the people of the Spirit. It could be called, it's, it's, it's technically called Acts of the Apostles, but it could be called the Acts of the Spirit, really. Because it's the, it's the people of the Spirit just listening and, and responding as the Spirit is leading them and the church is growing and they're, they're being witnesses for Jesus wherever they go. In fact, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 56, at least 56 times in the book of Acts. At least 56 times, which is quite a bit more than any other book. So I want to read one story found in Acts chapter 8 that kind of sets up how I'm encouraging us to live our lives as we want to be open to these promptings of the Spirit in our life. Romans 8, I'm going to start with verse 26. This is a really cool story. It's about Philip and this Ethiopian guy. Verse 26, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, context here, previous part of this chapter here, God's using Philip in an amazing way in Samaria. People are getting saved, people are getting healed. The, the, like, the church is growing in Samaria, and now this angel comes, speaks on behalf of God to Philip, and says, okay, I got a, I got a new assignment for you, which is interesting because you'd be thinking like God is saying, hey, great job. Keep it up, keep building my church here, keep seeing more people saved, healed, delivered. This is, this is what I want you to do. But he calls him to leave the crowd. Leave what's going on here, leave the crowd, and I'm gonna send you by yourself on a road down to Gaza. It's a desert road, middle of nowhere. Verse 27, so he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Let me read that again because this is very significant. An ordinary moment, Philip just knows God's calling just to walk down the road and all of a sudden it says in verse 29, the spirit spoke, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. 
Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared in Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. What's interesting is this chapter talks a lot about Philip, and then we don't hear from Philip again until way later on in Acts. We see him. He's still living in Caesarea. He's got daughters now. They're, they're prophets. They're prophetesses. They, they, they prophesy. Um, but this is an awesome story regarding Philip here. And I just love how this all plays out. He's doing what God has called him. He's going to Samaria. He's preaching the good news. People are getting saved. And then God says, leave the crowds, go on the desert road. He doesn't even know what God is wanting him to do. He just knows he's supposed to travel down the road. God doesn't give him the full picture. And how many times have we wrestled with this? Like, okay, God, but then what? So why do you want me to do that? But Philip just obeys. Okay, go down the desert road. All right, I guess I can can do that. He's traveling down the desert road, sees this guy in a chariot, and this is the moment where the Spirit speaks to him again. Spirit speaks. And again, it doesn't give him everything to do. The Spirit just says this, go up next to the chariot, which is kind of an interesting command, isn't it? Go up next to the, to the chariot. It doesn't say, hey, see that guy in the chariot? Go lead him to Jesus. It doesn't say that. Just go up next to the chariot. So again, Philip doesn't have this debate. Okay, God, is this really you? I need to know. Give me a sign, God, that this is you. Is it that man or is it, maybe I need to wait. Maybe it's tomorrow. I need to be here tomorrow for the next chariot that comes by. Maybe um, it's somebody else that's coming a little bit later. Can you just give me a sign so I know clearly this is you? You know, we do this sometimes. We wrestle with God. Is this me? Is this God? I don't know. And you're going to have those moments. It's a little tension sometimes as we're learning to hear the voice of God, these promptings of the Spirit. Well, you may not 100% know, is this God? But you still step out and you just obey and you do it. Just deciding to see if this is God. And this is my encouragement to you today, is just to step out and trust God. Step out and trust God. You want to be a man or woman of the Spirit? Just step out and trust God in these moments. I love Philip's response. He doesn't debate. He doesn't argue with God. He doesn't even just walk up to the spirit to, to the chariot. He doesn't even speed walk. He runs. Did you notice that? He runs, which would have been really funny to see. Oh, that one? She just runs up to the chariot. And as he gets there, this is awesome, because don't you wish God would do this every single time? What's going on? The guy's reading scripture. That would be awesome. As you walk, like, I need to go talk to so-and-so. Like, and you walk up. Oh, let's read the Bible. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you, God. You just teed me up right here. Because Philip's like, hey, do you understand what you're reading? Boom. 
That just begins the whole scenario, the whole story. And the end result is this guy accepts the gospel, the good news of Jesus, gets baptized, comes up out of the water. Philip's gone. Like this eunuch's looking around like, where's Philip? Philip was gone. Just, God just took him. The spirit of God took him away. <laughs> Didn't even see him in there. But the eunuch's like, all right. He just went on rejoicing and went back to Ethiopia. And you read stories like this. And I think these are good questions for you and I to ask and even wrestle with as we ponder stories like this. What if, what if Philip hadn't said yes to the Spirit? What if he hadn't obeyed in that moment? What if he hadn't? It would have been a completely different story, right? We wouldn't see the rest of that played out. Philip was totally free to decide not to respond to the Spirit's prompting in that moment, but he would have missed out on leading somebody to Jesus. You never know what's going to happen on the other side of your obedience. You never know. In fact, can I just say this? I believe too many Christians live lives that are explainable without the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you and I would live lives where we have these moments like this, like, there's no, that is not me, that was God. Other people look at you and I know you, you are, there's no way you could do that. That has to be God. The only explanation is the Spirit of God is alive and at work in your life. That's my prayer for you. Don't live a life that's explainable without the Holy Spirit. And that's one of these moments right here where Philip just obeys the prompting of the Spirit, goes up and talks to him, leads him to Jesus. This guy goes back. He, he that was a believer in Jesus. He's a follower of Jesus, and if history is any indication of what took place in this moment, throughout the ages, Ethiopia has been a Christian nation way back to this time. This man took the message of the gospel, had major influence. He served the queen of Ethiopia and was able to take the gospel to there. And it appears that there are lots of people impacted because of this one conversation. Philip had with this eunuch in the country of Ethiopia that impacted generations. All because one person said yes to the Spirit. In fact, Ethiopia, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, like I said, it's traditionally been a Christian nation. And there's a, there's a little group, a sect, you could call them, in Ethiopia that claim they have the ark of God. Now, they won't let anybody in to see to prove it, but they claim they have it. Maybe you've seen that. It's just a fascinating little, little story there. But it all happened because Philip said yes to the Spirit prompting him. The Spirit's going to prompt you in moments in your life, and I want to encourage you to say yes. He's going to speak to you. I want to encourage you to obey. And you never know who's going to be blessed on the other side of your obedience. Step out. Step out and trust God. We've got one last story to kind of set up our prayer and, and uh, worship time here. Matthew chapter 14. I'd love for you to go to Matthew chapter 14 with me if you have your Bible. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Jesus and his disciples just fed the 5,000. It says this in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. When you read that, you might think that, oh, they're just kind of going through just a little mini storm because, you know, like the word buffet doesn't sound very powerful, does it? That's an interesting word, right? Like the waves were buffeting the boat, buffet, buffet. That word actually literally means torment, tormented. So the waves were tormented. The boat was going all over the place. 
That's what's going on in this moment. Okay, so verse 25, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. They cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water, which is so Peter. So Jesus says, all right, come on out. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came to toward Jesus. That, my friends, is stinking cool. Peter came down out of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Peter walked on water. But when he saw the wind and and, uh, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. And if you were there in that moment, you would have said the same thing, which is interesting because then a little bit later on, again, they're gonna doubt Jesus. But in this moment, like, I just saw him walk on water. He got into the boat. The storm was calmed. Like, all right, you're the Messiah. I believe right now. Okay, I worship you right now. Okay, I believe. And that's what's taking place at the end of this story right here. I just love, this is such a cool story. Jesus walking on water and then Peter walking on water for a moment. But then he, he got fearful. He began to sink. He didn't wait till he was drowning to call out to Jesus, though he cried out to Jesus immediately, which is a great lesson for us. Immediately he cried out to Jesus and Jesus reached for him and, and pulled him up. Don't wait too long. You might step out and, and, and you just, I'm trying to follow you, Jesus, and, and live this life of faith and be led by the Spirit. And, and you might, the fear may grip you, it may overcome you, you may mess up and fall. Just cry out to Jesus immediately. So, one question I think is important for us to ask is why on earth is Jesus walking on water? Why do you think he did that? You ever wonder that? Was it just so we could have a really cool story to read about? Why did Jesus walk on water? Maybe it was because the, this, the boat was way out there. He just needed to get to the, his friends in the boat. But I think Jesus wanted to show them how powerful he was. I think Jesus wanted to show them the very thing that you're afraid of right now, I can walk all over that. I can stand on, it's just a staircase to me. And whatever you're afraid of, I'm bigger than, I can walk all over. That's what Jesus is showing them in this moment. He's wanting to strengthen and encourage their faith. And so Peter's like, all right, then call me out there. And Jesus says, all right, come on. And so Peter does it, he walks out there and he's walking on the water. This is awesome. As he Listen to Jesus. Jesus said, come. There's going to be moments where you may sense the Spirit of God speaking to you and say, okay, do this. And you're like, you feel like this is Peter stepping out out of the boat onto water. Like, I don't know if I can do this. This is freaky. This is scary. But it's exciting. And I want to encourage you to step out and trust Jesus. Step out and trust Jesus. Again, you never know who is going to be blessed on the other side of your obedience. Step out and trust Jesus. And let's live lives that are only explainable by the power of the Spirit working in our life. As a follower of Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit, but am I allowing him to lead me? Am I allowing him to lead me? So I'm just becoming more and more open and aware to to the Spirit speaking to me and prompting me in my life. Step out and trust Jesus. We're gonna sing a song here, and I just love the words of this song. The, The bridge says this over and over again. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. 
wherever you would call me. I'm trying to follow along. That's good there. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. I love this. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me. Let me walk upon the waters. Take me deeper. I want my faith to be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. I want this to be the cry of our heart for this week here. I want to be led by the Spirit, and I'm willing at moments, if you speak to me, Jesus, I'm, I'm saying right now, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to trust you. I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, you don't, God may just give you a little part of it, like go over there, like to Philip, go stand next to the chariot. Okay, and then what? Jesus like, do what I already told you, you know, that's not the conversation they had, but he just obeyed. Okay, I'll do this. I'll try this. And it's you and I just learning to discern the voice of God in our life and following him and living this adventure with him and saying, God, yes, I want you to do powerful work in me, but I don't want you, I don't want it to stay in me. I want it to impact other people because the spirit simultaneously wants to draw you closer to him, but send you out as a witness for Jesus. That's the goal. That's the goal. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to pray this here. As we talk about life in the river, this is the life I encourage you and I to experience. It's these moments where I'm just stepping deep out here. I'm like, okay, Jesus, I can only trust you in this moment. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? You willing? You ready for this? Why don't you close your eyes? Let me pray for you. Spirit, lead us. Spirit, lead us. Would you fill us and lead us, I pray. Lord, for those that don't know you, that aren't in relationship with you, Lord, I pray that your spirit would speak to them right now. Reveal yourself to them right now. If you're here and you are listening to this message in this room or online and you realize I need to say yes to Jesus today, do it right now. Say yes to Jesus today and step into this relationship that you were created for. You were born to be in relationship with your creator, with God himself. Say yes to Jesus, ask for forgiveness, repent of your sins that Jesus took on the cross for you and begin following him. The rest of us, now, now as you do that, the Holy Spirit's gonna fill you. He's gonna enter you. And the rest of us, now we're just praying this, Holy Spirit, fill me and lead me. Fill me right now, lead me. And here's what I want you to ask. Ask yourself right now, Holy Spirit, who is it that you are laying on my heart to pray for, to talk to, to connect with, to encourage this week? Who is that? Just listen right now. God wants to speak to you. He wants to lay people on your mind, on your heart. And I believe he just did that for many of you. I want you to begin to pray and intercede for that person. I want you to begin to pray, God, give me words. Lord, how, how do you want me to, to connect with them? What do you call me to do? God, would you just help me, lead me, anoint me, give me boldness to do this. I want to step out and trust you. Begin to pray and intercede for them and for how God wants you to minister to them and reach out to them. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. 
We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.